Sunday in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So I know this is an MMA podcast, but we're, we're from the Bay Area. We are both uh, San Francisco boys, so we just got to give love to the local teams. Yeah. Um, Sean, like, uh, did, did you get to watch the game or you're busy doing more important things? To be honest, I was doing more important things. <laughs> hey, there you go. We got to be hot. Hey, you know, Sean's got that new job. He's got to take care of business. I know, man. Can't be fucking around. <laughs> what about so i mean you ended up watching it at over at yancey's so it was a good Dude, time yancey's is a good great crowd time. good vibe it was a good time over at yancey's yeah um my i was talking with you earlier and i did point out that if you watch the game over at Kizar pub i think a third of the crowd were like philly fans so that would be a good place to <laughs> talk some mad shit to oh, each other man. so which is always fun it's always fun um, I'm starting to get back into the football group of things and not just cause we're winning. All right. But more just cause I'm kind of liking, I like to see how the game is played these days. Um, agreed. Oh, and speaking of last weekend, just to update on, on everybody, um, our Omega martial arts fighter, Matt took a short notice pro fight down in long beach where for WCK with the promoter, Dennis Warner got a tough fight against a fighter from Tennessee Congratulations to Tyler Duangsai. Uh, he took a TKO win over our guy, Matt. Matt got stopped in the third round due to a cut. Um, he got, he uh, took a spinning elbow and then uh, the bleeding was just determined by the doctor to be uh, in a place where they just didn't want to risk it. So they stopped the fight. It was a good fight. It was a nice back and forth. It was super close. Um, so we're still super proud of Matt. Great learning experience. And so now we're just getting him healthy. And he's booked for January 13 for Uriah Faber's A1 Muay Thai promotions up in Sacramento. Uh, so I trained with Matt today. How's he doing? Back at it, working up his hands. He's good. He's just got, uh, you know, stitches over his his eye. Um, Fuck. <laughs> his Fuck. wife was his wife was pissed. Well, after she asked whether he was OK, which, of course, is the most important thing. Then she got pissed. <laughs> God damn it, man. See, he, that's why he's a fucking soldier, dude. Okay. Yeah, he he wants that action. He's about it, and, he, and it's nothing personal. Um, you know, he even got to talk to his opponent afterwards. Cool guy. Uh, so you know, it's a, it's a it's a nice community, the Muay Thai fight community. Uh, I'm gonna say this though. I think the California State Athletic Commission's gotta do a better job at being a little more organized as when as sanctioning these events. Mm-hmm. Uh. Matt told me there was an instance during the weigh-ins where one of the officials was sitting down at the table doing everyone's paperwork and he didn't realize he was doing paperwork for a Muay Thai event. He thought these were like boxers at first and someone had okay. to point out to him. What it was the a fuck? Muay Thai kickboxing event. Holy shit, man. So that's issue number one. Issue number two, the 
main event of the pro section of the card was between two great California fighters. Uh, Southern California's Brendel Mendoza fought Bay Area's Sean Clamaco. Sean Clamaco trains mainly out of smash gyms with coach Rudy Ott down in uh, Milpitas. I scored the fight 3-2 for Clamaco. And mm-hmm. uh, now he is, you know, fighting against the champion. So you, they usually say you have to try to take it from the champ. Yeah. Uh, also, it was in Mendoza's backyard. So whenever Brendel did anything, the crowd went apeshit. Oh, so, man, you know, and judges dude. can be human. Judges can be human. You know, they get affected by things like that. Come on, man. But I scored that fight. If you're using Muay Thai criteria, I scored it 3-2 for Sean Kamako. One of the judges actually scored it 50-45 for uh Mendoza and Mendoza took a split decision win. And I thought it was a, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to cast shade on anybody, but I just really felt strongly that Kalmako won that. And it's not a great look when a fight like that is judged in that way. And it makes the California State Athletic Commission look kind of suspicious in the sense of like, do they always make sure that qualified judges are at these events? So um, Sean on his social media, to his credit, is very classy, gives credit to Brendel Mendoza, doesn't begrudge him anything. And recently, Sean Clamaco signed his one championship contract. What? So he's going on to, to bigger things. things. So congratulations to Sean. Congrats, and, man. Um, and congratulations to, again, to our guy, Matt. We're super proud of you. Um, and California State Athletic Commission, get your shit together, please. <laughs> yeah, dude. Matt, it takes fucking nuts and cojones to get out there. Short notice, especially. So congrats, man, no matter what. And, you know, that 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 saying that everybody likes to quote, you know, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. It actually it absolutely applies. Yeah. I, I feel especially at the beginning of someone's pro career, you need to be ready so you could just pick up the action whenever it comes to you because it's, it's hard to pick. It's hard to get pro fights. Yeah, it's it's going to look it looks like going into 2024. It's going to be easier for Muay Thai in California. So that's a good thing. Um, so we'll keep everyone posted. And in, in terms of the A1 Muay Thai promotion that's coming up in January 13, we got two fighters on that card. Matt's doing it and our guy. Ray, who we always shout out, he's going to be fighting for the 165 pound title for that promotion. Nice. And I want to shout out also to um, our friends and fam at Pacific Ring Sports uh, who followed the stream for WCK this past weekend. And shout out to our guy, Anthony Wonton, uh, my teammate and um, Muay Thai student over at uh, Golden Pizza Muay Thai, or my jujitsu teammate over at Kohalda Brazun. Jiu-jitsu, he, he took the time to check out the stream as well and watch, watch a lot of the Muay Thai fights. Uh, we appreciate your support, Anthony. Shout out. Dude, that's crazy, man. I felt kind of uh, privileged, too. And I, I, you know, I commented on Matt's uh, post and he actually liked my, uh, <laughs> my comments. <laughs> So shout out! I gotta to tell you, at, at our at our age, we start appreciating. Oh yeah, dude! <laughs> I know that guy. <laughs> hey, did, but you know, the next time you read any of Matt's posts, always try to find uh, his wife's replies. Uh, oh. It's Britannia. She always has the greatest replies. 
She she always has the greatest comments. She's got the she's she she low key roasts her husband, man. It's awesome. <laughs> so shout out to Britannia. You're you're an MVP. We really she appreciate a real one. you. Yeah, hey, you know, you may stand in the ring with just your opponent and a referee, but you don't get there by yourself. You need you need a support system. So shout out to all the partners out there that make it happen. For real. For all these for all these. <laughs> Idiots that just don't want to grow up and just want to play ninja <laughs> into their adulthood. <laughs> For real. But I mean, enough of me like yammering on about that. Let t- Tell me about how training is going for you. I know uh, you guys are probably, are, are you guys tapering this week? Because this weekend is the IBJJF Nogi Worlds. Yeah. So I trained on Monday. And I trained uh, earlier tonight. So Monday was kind of like their, their taper down also. And um, everyone kind of left t- uh, this evening. So they're on their way over to Las Vegas. Uh, there's about 11 competitors. Uh, going which brothel? Out. I mean, which hotel are they going to be staying at? <laughs> uh, some of them were at <laughs> Planet Hollywood because there was actually a deal going on. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, there was also, you know, people doing B&Bs or whatnot. And, uh, blowjobs? What? BJ, oh, BJ, yeah. BJJ, Air BJ, BJJ, BJJ, <laughs> BJJ, <Yeah. laughs> wait, what? I'm sorry. I'm just a really rough connection here, Sean. I'm just yeah, to make yeah, sure yeah. I can hear you correctly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, we got about 11 people doing it, uh, all ranging obviously from blue up to about purple and everyone feels good, man. Like everyone, they ran a train on me on Monday. So no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I went on, I went out on Monday cause uh, I wanted to give them some looks and some, uh, some good, some good training. So. And give them a little bit of your ass. Oh yeah. <laughs> Everyone feels good. How many of your teammates do, are going down to Nogi worlds again? 11. Remind us. 11. 11. Damn yeah. dude. I'm sure there's other teams that have like way fucking more, you know? Yeah. But dude, 11, that's pretty good for a local gym, bro. I agree. That's, that's a nice, that's a nice show out. So congratulations to you. Yeah. Hey, good luck to your team over at Magalic Jiu-Jitsu. Thank you. Thank you. We're uh, hoping we get, I mean, you know, this is not about medals or anything like that. It's all about development and getting better and, and getting the competition in. But man, like we said last week, this is the biggest IBJJF Nogi Worlds in his, in their, you know, history. So uh, oh, they're saying that it's the most registrants they yeah. ever had. I think there was wow. like over like 5,000 or something like that. Jesus anyway, Christ. Uh, what was the uh, thing? I, I was talking to some of my teammates and some of them have like 12, 15, 18 people in their brackets. And I'm like, holy shit. You guys, you guys are going to have, I mean, it, you know, a lot of those guys mentalities are like, man, we just got to get that, through that first one. And then, you know, it's coast, co- not coast, obviously, but like just to get the jitters out mm-hmm. and Wish everyone luck that's out there. I'm sure there's a ton of people out there from the, especially from the Bay. And special shout out to those who are competing in masters and <laughs> above. So basically if you're 30 years old and older and you're going down to Nogi world, shout out to you guys. Usually these guys are either like just hobbyists or, you know, they've, they've got real lives, real jobs, real families, and they're making this happen. Oh yeah. Uh, health and happiness to you guys. I hope none of you, especially anybody over 40, (laughs) I just hope nobody gets hurt. Okay. Please just come back healthy. Yes, please. (laughs) Man. I was, I always know that, um, 
I'm at like, say the master's world's championships because every five minutes, the medical personnel have to go onto the mat because something happened. <laughs> oh my gosh. Really? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, here at Nogi worlds, you also have those young spry adults that are going at it. So I'm pretty sure they never get hurt. Never. <laughs> it seems like it. it seems like they never get tired or they never, never get hurt. Never get fucking hurt. assholes. Fuck those guys. <laughs> never get hurt. <laughs> get a real life. You guys I know. Fuck you guys. <laughs> go do something else. Yeah. Go, t- go do something else. Okay. <laughs> Study accounting. <laughs> oh my God. How was the uh, house training for you, man? I know you were getting back in after a little bit of uh sickness. Yeah. Yeah, I caught a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a cold after Thanksgiving, but felt good bouncing back uh, into some training this week. Um, everybody's feeling strong. Everybody's feeling very uh, confident in terms of what their game plan is, because at our gym over at Cal de Brazil Jiu Jitsu, we got a number of people that are gearing up for the middle of January. Mm-hmm. There is a tournament that will be here in San Francisco over at Kizar Pavilion. Who's throwing it? And Do you know? Uh, I believe it's from part of BJJ tour. Oh, okay. So it'll so, be legit. Yeah. So, uh, and it's, since it's local, you don't have to drive like two hours out to Stockton or an hour and a half up to Sacramento yeah. or an mm-hmm. hour down to San Jose. So a uh, number of our teammates, uh, are really excited, uh, signing up for this tournament. Um, shout out to Matt who asked me, not, uh, Matt Cox, a fighter, but my, uh, my teammate over at jujitsu, Matt, I call him Matthew, his full name, because I'm very formal like that. Uh, <laughs> he was trying to convince me, Hey, we, so we're going to see you compete. Right. I'm like, hell, let's no. do it. Like, get the fuck out of here. I'm Come on. Guys. Let's I'm go. I'm scared of you competitors. That, that pace y'all keep, uh, I get tired just watching that shit. Uh, I know. Uh, uh. Same here. Hell no. Hell the fuck no. But Hey, I admire anybody that does. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and we great since it's local and, Anybody here that trains in jujitsu or knows somebody that trains in jujitsu, uh, show out next month, next year for this event. So that way they bring it back, bring more uh, events back to San Francisco here. Yeah, dude. Is that a, do you know if that's going to be a gi and no gi? So <laughs> uh, it looks tournament? like it's going to, I think they're offering both. Oh, thank if God. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> but, but most, I, but all of my teammates have just talked about competing in the gi. Yeah. Um, some of my teammates just, uh, they don't get enough reps without the gi for that to make it worth it to them, uh, to compete. So I think, you know, I might be just talking out my ass, uh, Please. but I do believe they might be doing both. So I would double check that. So if any of you guys want to like, correct me, hit me up, please. Nice. How's your weekend though, man? No weekend, you know, like fucking watching, you know, Matt do business um, and get the business done to him. Uh, watch uh, uh, Niners doing business on to Philly. So it was a good weekend. Dude, Niners. Hey, you uh, did you watch the fights last week? I did. And All I enjoyed right. them. Did you? Uh, <laughs> I mean, just, just this isn't really important, but it's, you know, I watch it on ESPN Plus, but do you watch it on the app or do you stream it? I watch it on the app. Only because, uh, just so you guys know, Sean is throwing a bunch <laughs> of winky faces at me right now. So. <laughs> I did stream the Ryan Garcia fight, though. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, but they, we'll talk they, about that later. It's, a, it's all right. Okay. Well, UFC fight night last Saturday headlined 
by the lightweights Benil Dariush versus Armin Sarukian. Just as a reminder, guys, Sarukian opened up as a minus 298 favorite. Dariush, a plus 240 underdog. You know, Sean, we were asking each other last week about this fight, whether Dariush can really bounce back after that drumming he took from Charles Oliveira. And I guess we got that answer. Sarukian just, just kind of throws up a right knee just to bring up Dariush's head and then throws a right hand that puts Dariush down um, and makes short work of him and gets a performance of the night bonus out of it. Can you believe that? That was such a, I mean, what do you guys call that in fighting? Is that like a misdirection or something like that? I, you know, I don't think it was so much a misdirection. I think just Saruki was just starting the fight super hot, super explosive. And it was almost like, you know, you're, you see an opening. So you end up looking like you're throwing two techniques at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so he throws the right knee, which was kind of glancing because I feel like Darius postured up to avoid it. And it just went and Sarikian saw the opening for the right hand and just plastered Dariush with it. Mm. He actually hits Dariush before Sarikian's right leg gets back on the ground after throwing Crazy, the knee. That's how dude. fast he was just yeah. trying to jump on that opening. Yeah, I mean, Dariush, he didn't look, really look too comfortable in the first um, minute, I'd say. I think Armin's uh, pace was just a little blinding to Benil. Benil just kind of took his time. And, you know, he even when he was walking to the to the cage he just looked really stoic and just kind of like uh absorbing all the moment but once armin started going man that guy is fucking huge dude no wonder they call his ass the freaking armenian hulk do you think uh he gets maybe one or two more high profile fights before people start thinking about sarukian as a possible lightweight championship contender i feel like yeah maybe he's like one or two fights away but my question to you is who should he be fighting? I have this, uh, you know, I had like kind of this revelation. I'd say I, I was like, man, maybe he'll fight freaking Dustin Poirier, but dude, they're, t they're teammates. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think, maybe, mm. yeah, I feel like Dustin Poirier is also a part of that whole, uh, class of fighters where he can actually almost call his shots and take certain fights rather than taking on like a contender or something like that. I'm kind of wondering what, like what would happen if you gave Sarukian someone in the, the top five, because even though I'm a fan of his style, you know, you like his aggression. I don't know if his skill set really falls under elite status when you think about top notch lightweights yeah. yet. Yeah. Now, not not now that might be just a like a just a circumcision um, what do you call circumcision? it that just might be him being a, like a victim of, yeah it just might be a, a victim of circumstance where he maybe he just wasn't put in fights where he could show that type of elite technique um but i think you gotta really test him in his next one i agree this was a good one i mean he passed this one but i think this next one you, you gotta really test him yeah, I agree. see if like you could hang in there with the likes of a Makachev. Do you would you want to see Gaethje fight Sarukin? That's actually that would probably be my next key matchup for him. Like if I mean, you look at the rankings, Charles Oliveira still at number one. He gets a shot against Makachev later on. Um, what is that like next year ish, like beginning mm -hmm. of next year? Dustin mm -hmm. Poirier at three, obviously not going to fight each other because they're teammates. Michael Chandler is kind of standing there, not really doing anything. Maybe he's waiting for that Connor fight, but you know, there's also the Matosh Gamrot fight that they already fought. 
and you know Benil Dariush is right there. So not many options as far as like top five, but I think Justin Gaethje would fit that build real good. Dude, on the co-main event, uh, also lightweights, Jalen Turner versus Bobby Green. I got to hand it to Jalen Turner taking this fight on sh really short notice for the pros and kind of staying calm against Bobby Green's speed um, yeah. and then just plastering him. And uh, we, we could talk about like um, the <laughs> the what do you, I don't know if you want to call it the stoppage or lack of a stoppage. Oh, man. Uh, but <laughs> but before we do that, you know, Jalen Turner gets Bobby with the, the right hand. Just um, and I just make me I was just like super impressed by it. You know, Jalen Turner was scoring on Bobby with some good hands. Bobby did the kind of typical thing you do when you get hit, but you kind of don't want to acknowledge it. You kind of nod at the guy, you talk some shit. And so Bobby was chirping at him and then Turner puts his lights out. And then you, they were both very classy with each other, with each other at the end of the fight. Uh, yeah. You know, Bobby went up to him and asked him like, what'd you get me with? And, you know, Jalen was just like, you know, giving him some feedback. So <laughs> he got him uh, with everything. Like, yeah. Fuck. Well, after that first right hand and then what happened afterwards, we could talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, there was Jalen Turner gets a performance yeah. of the might, night bonus for it. You know, Jalen Turner was, I think he was on, what was it, like a two fight losing streak. And, mm. you know, before that, he was, I mean, gosh, like he's such a tall, lightweight and he's just so long. Yeah, and it took him like, didn't it take him like two or three times to make weight for this fight? It actually took him, I think it was twice. Like he was twice? up. Okay. He was up a few pounds the first time and he ended up, you know, a lot of people were giving him shit for not making weight after uh, they had found out. But I mean, he ended up coming back and making the weight. Dude, yeah, he, he took it on short notice. Like, stop giving the guy so much shit. Man. Yeah. And if you <laughs> and if you saw some of the social media stuff, he even said or some of the interviews, he had said that, you know, he was kind of forced to take this fight and he wasn't mm -hmm. really into it. And obviously, because I think Jalen Turner and Bobby Green, I think they're from the same place, like San Bernardino or something like that. And, you know, they were kind of weird about fighting each other just because, you know, they do have a lot of respect for each other. But, you know, Bobby Green, you know, was doing Bobby Green things with his hands down. And there was even a head kick that Jalen Turner caught him with. And I thought that kind of was the beginning of the end. And, oh, yeah. you know, Jalen Turner um, at the end, you know, you're, you're, you're supposed to keep going until the wife pulls you, the wife, the, the, uh, the referee the, pulls you off. The wife pulls out of you. <laughs> oh yeah. And, uh, you know, Kerry Hatley, I'm sure he's getting a lot of shit online. So, and, uh, just so you guys know, Kerry Hatley was the referee for this fight. Yeah. And just so that we were all on the same page after Jalen Turner knocks Bobby Green down, he pounces on him. Uh, Bobby Green gives his back and his like belly flat and he take he took I think someone counted it out like thirteen unanswered headshots before uh, Hatley damn. stepped in there and stopped it. It just it was kind of gross to watch. It was kind of gross to watch. And yeah. the word way, the word is that Hatley is, is actually a pretty good referee. You know, I did some research on Hatley, and in the beginning, I think in the early stages of, I think it was like around 2010 or something like that, um, he was actually crucified by a bunch of people for not letting it go longer than oh like stopping so it sooner i'm sure stopping, this is stopping it's too soon yeah he i guess he was stopping it too soon and you know this is you know kind of the the bad quality or the bad um 
the bad juju that comes with being a referee. It's like, you kind of have to find like a medium in between. And I don't know if it's the commission that needs to put these people through training or doing some sort of like seminar or something like that. Well, on it how could be just be retraining. And, and honestly, like, man, like given his record, Hatley's record, I'm talking about, mm-hmm. it, it could have just been a bad day at the office. Very true. You know, and it's just, but man, a bad day at the office in this type of sport Man, you could fucking make a life changing mistake. I so agree, man. It's just, it just, it was just a super bad look. A super bad look. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't mean he costs him. It costs Hatley his job or anything. I don't think it will. Nothing's gonna happen. But hopefully, to that guy. hopefully, continued training and just kind of understanding what went wrong there. Like, because I mean, you know, we're watching on TV from hundreds and hundreds of miles away, and it just looked pretty clear out that Bobby Green was out, and was that out. should have been stopped like a lot sooner. Definitely, man. Like he took a lot of shots, and even when he got back up, he just looked fucked up. Like you see the side, like yeah, the I mean, he under was like wobbly, mm-hmm. and he was probably fucking slurring because he probably didn't even know where the fuck he was at for a little bit. But man, that's probably. Would you say that that was probably the worst stoppage? Or is, does any of them else come to mind? Oh, in terms of worse stoppage in the sense of like being too late. Yeah. We're like, you know, I, I, I can't think of anything out of the top of my head, uh, but this was pretty bad. It was. <laughs> this I agree. was pretty bad. Um, I agree. So hopefully there's no long lasting effects from it because as Jalen Turner demonstrated, he's a goddamn hitter. Yeah. And and good for him, a short notice fight. He gets his show money. He gets a performance bonus, win bonus, hopefully. Uh, and back to the drawing board for Bobby Green. I think last week we were talking about, like, you know, with Bobby, he has a hard time fighting off the back foot. And he struggles with the grappling. And then just Jalen just used his strength and timing, just took advantage of it right there. Pretty damn good. Hey, Davison Figueredo. Look oh, yeah. pretty good at bantamweight against Rob Font. Uh, takes a unanimous decision win over three rounds. Yeah, I was wondering if the power was going to translate. It definitely did. I mean, that first minute, minute and a half was a little sketchy, only because uh, Rob Font was actually finding the mark. But Davison Figueredo, his grappling was just relentless. And, you know, what happens to Davison Figueredo at this point? Like, does he get a marquee matchup? Does this put him at like a who knows does this put him in the running at like say like a top five top 10 bantamweight i think if you want to make some noise if you're the company if you're ufc you want to like make some noise and maybe even just raise the profile of whoever is in your top five at bantamweight you can argue you can make the argument to match Figueredo against one of those guys. It's great. Just great to point. raise the 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 profile of those guys at bantamweight, bring some name recognition. You could argue, hey, he's a former champ at flyweight. Um, he's legit. Everyone knows he can fight. And yeah, man, I was surprised that Fig- like Figueredo was like rocked Rob a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. Now don't don't get it wrong. Rob had his moments too. Rob had his moments too, but. I was just like really surprised. Um, Now, one of the things I will point out is that this was a demonstration of zero striking defense (laughs) by either of these fighters. And I'm wondering if like Figueredo could get away with that against a different striker that maybe brings more power and more crispness than Rob Font. 
<laughs> so, like who? Yeah, I guess that'll remain to be seen. <laughs> like who? Uh, you know, I I don't know. Who would you want to see him just... fight? Who would you want to see him fight? That's, I mean, hmm. top 10, I can read it down. TJ Dillashaw. No, oh, kidding. dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, they got hey, Aljamain. You know they have Aljamain at one, Marab at two, Henry Cejudo at three, Corey Sanhagen at four, Peter Yan, who actually pulled out of his fight. Yeah, you know, if he, he was going to pull that, you know, Peter Yan would be interesting. Yeah. Just be because I, you could argue Peter Peter Yan might be on the decline in that division, mm. uh, so it, you still have you have name recognition with both of them, so that's that's one I would want to see. You know, it'd be a pretty good matchup. Also, would be if Song Yudong wins. If Song Yudong wins this weekend, I think that would be a great matchup because they already mm-hmm. have interesting two they, heavy hitters. Yeah, and they already have Davison Figueroa at number eight on the rankings. I think they updated it. And so guys, folks, by, by the way, when we're quoting these rankings, we're trying to use UFC language. Yes. Uh, just a backstory. Just to let you know, these rankings are pretty subjective. Yeah. Very subjective. <laughs> it's kind of like who gave or gave Dana enough of a reach around seems to get pretty good. Rank yeah. Rankings. And who gives uh, a fuck? So. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> oh, bro, man. Uh, Sean Brady. Look like the fucking grappling king of the Dude, world against bro. Kelvin Gastelum at Walter Waite in the uh, and he's just like <laughs> he just mauled him on the ground. Uh, I mean, I was surprised. I was just surprised. I, I don't know why I was surprised, but I was pretty surprised. Dude, Kelvin looked really good too, just as far as like his uh, body his composition, his physicality. Yeah, yeah. Probably the best he's looked. I, I mean, probably his whole career. Now it didn't really translate into his fighting because for some reason, like it looked like he was kind of gun shy. I think he, he caught Sean Brady maybe once or twice with like a hard punch, but you know, in the past, I mean, this is the guy that took freaking Adesanya five rounds and, 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 you know, Adesanya is a much bigger um, guy than he is, but Sean Brady's submissions and his freaking grappling, you were texting each other also. And you said that Sean Brady, is a fucking monster on the ground. He, he looked like, um, <laughs> it's like if Hodger Gracie were like fucking around with a purple belt uh, on Pretty, the mats. Yeah. It, it's kind of looked like that. Uh, I'm wondering whether this is a sign that Kelvin Gastelum, who last week I, I, I did, I mean, look, the guy's legit, um, high elite athlete, you know, MMA fighter, obviously. But I'm wondering if he, I, but I used to call him kind of an overachiever in the sense that, you know, keeps kind of finding ways to win fights that he shouldn't have. And I'm wondering if he's kind of reached the ceiling in his career in terms of what he's really capable of. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's, you know, it, it, this is kind of a pretty big setback for him, to be honest. I mean, he, his last fight again, who was his last fight? I think it was, um, Oh, it was Chris Curtis, uh, the guy from mm-hmm. uh, Syndicate or uh, from uh, Extreme Couture, but he didn't look real, really look good in that fight. I, I think, uh, actually, no, he won that fight. What am I talking about? He lost to uh, Jared Cannonier. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that was on middleweight. But man, I really thought that Kelvin was going to, you know, his power is going to translate over. But I mean, Sean Brady, I mean, I, you know, after that loss, I think he's made the right adjustments and, you know, people were giving him shit. They were saying that Kelvin was going to knock him out and, you know, he comes back with a bang. Dude, shout out to the former 
female bantamweight champion Misha Tate, who headlined the prelims against Julia Villa. I thought that Misha was re- reaching the end of Same here. the rope and the end of the line for her MMA career. And uh, shit, man, she gets the submission in round three against Avia. Um, I think she mentioned in the post fight press conference that, you know, any of her next upcoming fights could be her last. Um, so I was just really surprised. And I'll, I'm going to take that shut up white belt, Carlo, <laughs> for this one, because I picked Avia. Yeah, I did too, because I thought that she was going to outstrike her, which she could have, but Misha Tate's wrestling was kind of on point. Yes, I mean, yeah, which just fight. surprised me as for an older fighter to be able to use your like wrestling. Because <laughs> sometimes older grapplers start going, hey, maybe I have a knockout punch. They start swinging for the fences. Do you so, think that, do you think that, that what Tate, I fucking know? Do you think that Misha Tate gets to fight someone? Maybe in the upper echelon of the division, like, does she get a favorable Not matchup? Not if you next? care for her children's future. I know. <laughs> I know. I don't, well, I mean, okay. If you wanted to say like a bigger name, bantamweight, who would you be interested in seeing Misha Tate face? Uh, what's on the? Uh, who's fighting for the uh, for the title? I think it's Bueno Silva and mm-hmm. was it Pennington? Fuck, I don't remember. She won't fight Juliana Pena because I think they, I think she was, Pena was under Misha Tate in the Ultimate Fighter. So I think they're, dude, I'd like to see a Holly Holm Misha Tate rematch. How about that? Oh, shit. Right? That would be interesting. That would be great. I mean, to be honest, I think even now Holly Holm should tater her. Yeah. But maybe there's some mental thing there after, like, to just to review, guys. When Misha Tate fought Holly Holm years ago for the bantamweight title, Holly Holm was just smacking her for four and a half rounds. (laughs) And in the last half of the fifth round, Misha Tate got a takedown, took the back and choked Holly out. (laughs) Um, And it was just like so shocking. So, you know, that'd be interesting. I'd be interested in seeing that. Right, right. I'd be interested in seeing that. I agree. Give a give a chance for Holly to get redemption. Give a chance for Misha to show that it was no fluke. So yeah, I like that. Good call, Sean. Yeah. How about the uh did you get to see the Veronica Hardy uh, Jamie Lynn Horth fight? That was the first one. I missed on that one. I missed that one. Tell me that what was pretty went good. down. You know, I, I'm rooting for I was rooting for uh, Veronica Hardy because just because you know Dan Hardy's her husband and um, she oh, looks that's pre- right. Yeah. Dan yeah. Hardy would, was cornering her for this. Yeah, fight, yeah. Correct. She's, she's, she's kind of hot too. You know, like I was looking at her. <laughs> she's a married man. <laughs> she's a married man. I mean, she's a married woman. You're a married man. She's a married woman. Yeah. And, um, and you're like, Hey, that means we have a lot in common. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she did. I mean, she did pretty well. Also the, uh, Dracar close Joe Selecki. Now, mind you, the Rodolfo Bellato, um, was it the uh, Rodolfo Bellato versus Eeyore Poteria? Is that the one that got, uh, fight of the night? Is that the one that it was like the slam from the arm bar or, or triangle? Fuck. I forget which one it was. Uh, I think it was the arm bar. It was the arm bar and the Dracar close yeah. was the, was the triangle slam, right? Mm-hmm. Dude. I believe so. So check this stat out. I think. Which by, by the way, you know, slamming out of an arm bar, slamming out of triangles, that proves that uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu doesn't work. So I'm just going to put it out there. 
I think there's like only been, gosh, I think 12 total in MMA history or something like that. And then like there's two in the same event or something like that. That's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. (laughs) God, I remember uh, when I used to train MMA, they they would always say, let it go if it goes past your knees because that type Mm. of shit happens. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Was that so? That's pretty impressive. So when you trained MMA and you helped like other people get ready for the fights, oh, yeah. this was a, something that you guys specifically worked on, like yeah. like how to react to when someone tries to pick you up uh, after you attempt a submission from guard. Yeah, there was a bunch of times when you know I was holding onto a triangle, and then their defense would to, would be to lift me up, and then I was just like, oh shit, I can keep this, shit. and then. You know, my coach at the time was like, dude, you got to let go or else he's going to slam you right on your head. And I'm like, fuck. But I have the arm and the head. Hey, you know, that that reminds me of a fun story story dealing with like, you know, all you jujitsu players that like throwing up submissions from the guard. Uh, Back when I was a blue belt and I was training under uh, Cristiano, who right now owns a jujitsu school in San Mateo. Shout out Cristiano. Which which Uh, school? Uh, it's a Charles Gracie school in San Mateo. Oh, I saw that one. Yeah. So, uh, so one time I was rolling with someone who was visiting from Brazil. So I threw up, uh, an arm bar from the guard and the guy made a move like he was about to pick me up. Whoa. And then I grabbed onto his leg. So he wasn't able to. And then Cristiano comes, Cristiano comes in and he goes, man. So he's talking to the guy who tried to pick me up because listen, you're allowed to pick him up and slam him, but if you don't knock him out, he's allowed to break your arm. <laughs> <laughs> Holy it's shit. Like, whoa, I kind of like that rule. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> now, I think, you know, to be quite honest, Cristiano, I'm pretty sure was uh, 48% joking. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> But I kind of feel like, you know, hey, that's kind of a good point. You know, if you're going to bring the streets into the gym, you know, you're going to get some repercussions, too. So but yeah, all you jujitsu folks, make sure you're training things like that for the self-defense aspect. OK, yeah, please protect against slams. Even in a street fight, let the triangle or armbar go if he's lifting your ass up. You never know. Yeah. And in a street fight, stop pulling guard. Don't do that either. <laughs> Don't, don't butt scoot. Yeah, don't do you're that. Giving, uh, you're giving Sean's people a bad name. <laughs> yeah, you're going to make us shit our pants. Yeah. <laughs> uh, real quick, last weekend, there was also a one Friday Dude, fight. those fights were good, um, man. Dude, a lot, of, a lot of Muay Thai. There was some MMA at the bottom. But to be quite honest, the interesting names were at the top of this card. So this mm-hmm. week's episode of Carlo pronounces names from other countries. Here we this go. fight was headlined by a flyweight Muay Thai fight between uh, Kong Suk Fairtex. He lost a split decision against, <clears throat> here we go. <laughs> Petonglor Sit Luang Pi Numfong. Where's that guy from? <laughs> Well, that's the, I'm pretty sure that's the name of his gym. Sit Luang Pinu. Or I don't know. <laughs> How many fucking gyms are in Thailand now? Fuck. So, man. so hey, there, there's one everywhere. Like 20,000. Um, How about this? Uh, this one, uh, a catchweight Muay Thai fight caught at 100, fought at 129 pounds. Um, Uzbekistan's Aslam, Aslam John Ortikov <laughs> fought Thailand's Chatanan Sorjor Joy Prajin. 
Oh man, I'm oh man, dude. I'm they I should just sign up for honorary Thailand yeah. citizenship. I'm 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 good at this. That was a good meanwhile, fight. Though. Meanwhile, all my friends who are Thai are like, get the fuck up. Bro. I think that was part of the best <laughs> fight of the night right there. And and just in case, you know, hey, look, we're we're Philippine uh we're not Filipino. We are Filipino, excuse me. We're an MMA uh pro- podcast, but you know, the Philippines was represented on the MMA portion of the card. Uh uh, Philippines Dave Banguigui fought Japan's Roisuke Honda. All right, and Dude, also for the Philippines, this guy looks like he's Sean's cousin, definitely. <laughs> Carlos Alvarez <laughs> fought Mongolia's Nachin Sat. Damn, we went zero two this time. It's all good, bro. Hey, you know what? MMA is blowing up in the Philippines. So give it another like seven years, Sean. You're gonna you're gonna hear some uh, some good ass fighters coming out of the Philippines. Yeah. I promise you. And then we can hopefully we could claim that we're related and get some, some dope. <laughs> <laughs> did you, did you get to see the Ryan Garcia fight? Oh, uh, last week's boxing fight. I did not get to watch it. What'd you think? What's your review of that? Fight? You know, he didn't look, and I, I, maybe I'm just being a fucking dick about it, but he just didn't look the same after the tank loss, you know, like it, you, you well, can, we did point out last week he was like jumping different camps, different yeah, trainers. and so you when can you do that. It's kind of hard to like establish an identity. I agree. Like he, you know, there were some comparisons uh, after the fact. They were saying, oh, you know, like he'll he'll go pretty far, but he's just going to be kind of like a showman fighter, almost like how Amir Khan was. You know how like mm-hmm. Amir Khan was. You know, he was supposed to be bred as all like athlete, this, yeah, uh, yeah. not enough technique. Exactly. Yeah. Boxing. So. Um, people are saying that much about him. I thought he looked, he still looked fast. It just, I think the whole camp thing, I think that's really uh, crucial in his development. Not, not only that, dude, there was some bullshit going around with him, Oscar De La Hoya and Bernard Hopkins about them talking, like lying and talking shit about him. And that's, that's always yeah, not a good look, man. man. Those, that's not a good look for boxing. will not let it go. <laughs> Yeah, you know, De La Hoya looks like a fucking weird ass now, even though he was, you know, he's such a, he was the golden boy, you know, like he was part of like that really golden age, boxer, man. The golden age of boxer. boxing, man. He was such an ass. Uh, he was such an <laughs> asshole back then. He's still an asshole now, but uh, he was such a great boxer, but he just, you know. Well, you know, it's the, also when you get into the business side of boxing, it's, it's just hard to keep and make friends. <laughs> when the, when yeah, there's yeah. money involved it's it's a it's a cold cold world out there being a promoter bro yeah hey so you're gonna watch ufc this weekend i am and i can't okay, wait is, yeah it's fight uh dude headlined by we were just talking about him Sonya dong at bantamweight fighting chris guterres Sonya dong opening as a minus 380 favorite uh guitar is a plus 300 underdog yeah uh, but that but could I be because know, i don't know if that's notice. a money bet to make no <laughs> I don't, and I don't it's know also if that's a value bet it's also because song was training for peter yan and his short notice replacement short notice replacement remember chris gutierrez was he fucked up frankie edgar remember that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. dude so but i mean that's also like a fading frankie edgar agreed i agree but um, things go, you know, like, you know, um, Chris Gutierrez, though, number of things going for him uh, uh, for in terms of his uh, striking, you know, 50 percent rate at his Kia uh, for KOs and TKOs uh, lands five um, 
significant strikes per minute, uh, 57% accuracy with it, yeah. uh, only a 2.73 absorbed per minute. So defense is rated at 65%. And you're going to need all of that against a heavy hitter like Song Yadong. I agree. And I, I do think that this will be fought. This, this will be fought mostly on the feet. Is uh, you know, Gutierrez's takedown defense is at rated at seventy one percent. In Yadong's uh, rated take it takedown accuracy is fifty five percent. So is that enough to like keep this at a range where Gutierrez might clip him? I don't know. I feel like Song Yadong is he might be a little bit too fast. You know, he does train at alpha male so you know for a fact that he's been wrestling uh we haven't seen that really much so you we might see song yudong the wrestler i i think i'm going to give it to song yudong i mean i know the odds are heavily in his favor but i think skill for skill i think song yudong um he's had you know he's had the wars he's had he's fought higher opposition like Corey sanhagen marlon marais ricky simone i mean no one knocks out ricky simone unless your name is Song Yudong. So um, I say he finishes him within, within the first two rounds. What about Oh, you? wow. Okay. Well, yeah. it's a five-round fight, so that's a bold statement. Yeah. Co-main event, Anthony Smith at light heavyweight versus Khalil Roundtree. Khalil Roundtree opening as a minus 238 favorite. Anthony Smith, a plus 195 underdog. Uh, yeah. he's, also a, like, he's also a Terrible numbers right there. Yeah. What were you saying? He's also a late replacement as well. Yeah, there's a lot of that going on with this event. Yeah, and remember, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but this was supposed to be in uh, mainland China. I don't know what happened. Maybe there's some like visa issues or mm. uh, who knows, but they bring it back to the apex. You know, Khalil Roundtree has put a pretty good run going up until this point. You know, like he won a split decision against Dustin, uh, Dustin Jacoby, you know, the uh, former glory kickboxer. So, um, you know, that was kind of a weird win, if I remember correctly. I think uh, the scorecards were a little bit skewed. I think Dustin Jacoby obviously won that fight. But the fight against Chris Dawkins, where he won t by TKO, I mean, he just kind of looked um, a lot better. His Muay Thai is a lot better. Yeah. One thing yeah. I will have a little bit of concerning uh, is that, um, you know, he's been inconsistent in the past. He's been kind of like on and off with uh, with wins and losses, but he did put this four, uh, four fight winning streak together. So it really depends on what Khalil Roundtree shows up because one of his Achilles heels is he doesn't really do good against his grap uh, against grapplers. And that's exactly what, um, Anthony Smith is. He doesn't, he's not, you know, a very good wrestler, but if he does get, no, into he's not like, just to interrupt just a little bit. Yeah. Anthony yeah. Smith's takedown accuracy is only at 20%. But yeah, once it gets to yeah. the ground, that becomes a question, correct? Yeah, but then, you, I mean, when it gets to the ground, it th that's another thing because same thing with Anthony Smith. It really depends on which one's going to show up. Like, he's got a commentator gig. You know, when he fought Glover Teixeira, you know, he lost a bunch of teeth, so he has some new teeth. Um, mm -hmm. And he's on the desk at the UFC. So, you know, when people are one foot in, one foot out like that, I feel like that... That's kind of a red and flag. And you mentioned for me. this before. Yeah, yeah, it feels like you're you're kind of stretched too thin, and maybe your mind's not on what it should be. Which yeah, is and, protecting and, your head. And in the past, I've noticed with Anthony Smith, like he, you know, there's some fights where he looks really good, and there's some fights where he just doesn't look good at all. You know, he's mentioned in the past that um, leg kicks are his Achilles heel, and he said that publicly on his podcast. And you know, Khalil Roundtree fancies himself a Muay Thai fighter. Kind of scary. <laughs> kind of scary. Or maybe 
maybe he's playing a mind game. He's like, yeah, oh man, I really hate it when my opponent <laughs> sticks his chin up and drops his hands. It really fucks with my head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Could, could be like, yeah, throw that leg kick so I could just do a leg dive and a lazy ass <laughs> single leg takedown and try to drag this to the ground. I, but probably not. I kind of feel like, again, you know, Anthony Smith gets credit for stepping up for this one, but I feel like he's on the backside of his his career. Yeah, I agree, man. I totally agree. Who you got winning that fight then? I'm going to go with Khalil Roundtree, minus 238 favorite. Oh, man. What about the... Ozmakers uh, know know something. (laughs) Yeah. What about the uh, Tim Elliott uh, Sumadarji fight? You know, I've been uh, pretty high on Sumadarji for Yeah, you're the one you put me on to him too, yeah. Yeah, and you know, to uh, to be frank also, he hasn't fought since that last... I think, uh, was it round of the year with uh, Matt Schnell? Mm-hmm. Where I think mm-hmm. it was like the second round uh, of their fight. I think that was almost like two years ago or something like that. Probably changed his fucking life, you know? Mm-hmm. I think Tim yeah. Elliott's also coming in on short notice as well, um, which, you know, he's always a tough out. And mind you, this is also at 125. Who you got for that fight? Uh, well, you know, is it at 125? Because it's listed here at Bantamweight 135. You know on what? The you website. might be so right. Uh, I think I'm just thinking it's 125 because uh, Tim Elliott fought at 125. Mm. Uh, you know, the way you put it, um, I kind of feel like it's going to be interesting to see which type of Sumudarji comes out for this one. Yeah. You know, like you, you pointed out that last fight was like almost like it could be potentially life and career changing. <laughs> um, yeah. And apparently these are number 11 and number 12 in the rankings. Whoa. So there's going to be a lot at stake here. I'm going to go with Sumadarji here. Um, again, I think I feel like Tim Elliott is just not quite there on in the athletic scale. So I can't really point to a technical reason, yeah. but I'm going to go with uh, Suma Darji on this one. Nice. Uh, what about Kelvin Gastelum's uh, twin brother, Nasserat Haparast versus <laughs> Jamie Malarkey? <laughs> and by the way, it just look, they, <laughs> that, that name sounds exactly the same as Kelvin Gastelum. <laughs> Haparast. <laughs> Versus yeah. Jamie Malarkey. Yeah, I'm just, uh, you know, I haven't really seen Jamie Malarkey fight too much, but um, we just got to make this card look good because there's a bunch of names that a lot of people probably don't even recognize. But Well, um, uh, Nasrat is a minus 205 favorite here. Malarkey, a plus 170 underdog. Both of these guys uh, coming off of wins. Uh, both of them, 60% of their wins have been by KO or TKO. Uh, when you talk about significant strikes, they kind of are about even in terms of their uh, output. In terms of their defense, Nazrat's defense is rated like 64% as Malarkey's is 54%. Uh, and they're both about even in terms of the grappling. They're both, both of their takedown defenses are rated at like around 75%. So I think this is going to be a stand-up strike, a stand-up strike, a stand, stand-up fight. I'm going to go with Nasrat. Nice. I'm going to go with Nasrat as well. Uh, what is about it because the- you don't like the name Malarkey? That's no, that's hella cold, bro. <laughs> I think it's his uh, his cauliflower ear. <laughs> what? I don't. I don't know. Uh, Andre Muniz versus uh, Jun Yong Park. Is that the Iron Turtle? 
I think that's that's his middle name, right? The Iron Turtle. Yeah. Well, let's hold. Let's take a look here. Let's see. They got to include nicknames Johnny here. They don't Clark. do that here. So I think that's his nickname. <laughs> Who you got for this one? You know, dude, I've been talking. I mean, I've always put off John Young Park because I just don't think that he has the skills. But dude, he's been knocking motherfuckers out and submitting. Four people. point, yeah, four point nine four significant strikes landed per minute. Dude, he submitted to Russian last time. Come on. <laughs> hey, you know, uh, takedown accuracy at 50%, takedown defense at 69%. I think at the striking and grappling numbers, he's got the advantage over uh, Munez. So if you put money on Park, I mean, can't blame you. Yeah, I agree. And he was also submitted recently by uh, Brendan Allen and lost TKO by Paul Craig. So, you know, he's, I don't think he's fighting for a job, but. Two losses in the UFC. That's a little scary. That's, that's pretty, that's, yeah, you're kind of fighting for your job. <laughs> yeah, for real. Any other fights on this card you wanted to point out? Yeah. So anxious to see Stephanie Edgar versus Luana Santos. That should be a good fight in the, I think, is it? Uh, fuck. Flyweight division. Uh, Carlos Hernandez versus the undefeated Tatsuro Tyra. I've been pretty high on this kid for a while. Dude, you know, the odds on that are crazy. Tyra is a minus 535 favorite and Carlos Hernandez is a plus 400 underdog. Oh my God. <laughs> and mind you... Talk about serving someone up on a platter, possibly. You know, a lot of people don't really know about Tatsuro Tyra. He's been fighting really low on the prelims, but in four fights, he's got two submissions and two decisions, which is not bad for some young up-and-coming prospect. Hey, all right. So, guys, keep your eyes on that. Hey, hit yeah. us up on our social media. Let us know uh, how you see these fights playing out, all right, because we want to hear from you, okay? Even if you guys want to just talk shit, we'll hear from you, too. <laughs> Dude, there's... Uh, oh, sorry. One... What, what's up? No, no, no. Go ahead. I was going to mention one championship. Yeah. One championship's got two uh, cards going on this weekend. Should be exciting. Uh, yeah. They've got one fight night 17, which will be on prime video. Uh, it's Muay Thai top to bottom, bro. Yeah. Uh, it's headlined for heavyweight Muay Thai world championship for one championship. Uh, Ukraine's Roman, uh, Creek Leah versus Australia's Alex Roberts. Uh, in Featherweight Muay Thai, Smoke and Joe Natawat will be fighting the Let's United go. States' very own Luke Lassay. Where's he from? Um, uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but th that's going on. And also, there's also a one Friday Fights 44 that's um, happening. So tons of Muay Thai that's going to be offered by one championship uh, this weekend. Hey, let me ask you something. Uh, you know, do you have Prime Video? I do actually. Yeah, my look wife. Look at you. Uh, so you're not one of those. Uh, okay. All right. Actually, all right. no. I think if you have Amazon Prime, just in general, that you get the uh, subscription as you get, well. You get, yeah. Okay. See, so which you, is you know you, great. You 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 high rollers with your <laughs> Amazon Prime membership and free shipping. <laughs> oh my god! There's, I mean, this. I mean, I'm looking at the fight card for the one on Prime. Not a lot of ties on this one for it to be a mostly Muay Thai fight. Well, you know, you have Nottawat, there's Samapetch Fairtex. Um, but I mean, they oh, usually yeah, you're stack. right. You're right. Um, who else is from Thailand? You know why they're uh, using Pong Pong from PK Sanchai? He's on there. They're probably yeah. stacking the other one. 
with all yeah, the ties. Yeah, it's, it's probably a ton of ties on the one oh, Friday yeah, fights. Totally. All so, nicely haircutted too. Look at all these ties. Yeah, you, you know, you're getting your picture taken for the one championship webpage. You got to get lined up, son. Yeah. Oh, hey, did, you, by the, did you hear about the boxing that's happening here in San Francisco? I think it's Yeah, Devin before we Hayden. jump into oh, that, sorry. just real quick, just a reminder to everybody. Uh, IBJJF Nogi Worlds this happening weekend. this weekend in Actually, Vegas. Tomorrow. Good luck to everybody. Yeah. Um, yes, and yes, there is a cha- uh, uh, WBC Junior Welterweight title fight at Chase Center this Saturday. Uh, Devin Haney fighting uh, Regis uh, Progreus. Uh, I don't know much, very much about uh, Progreus. Uh, and this is kind of like a coming home fight. I believe Devin Haney was born in San Francisco no. and raised, was he? raised in, yeah, raised in like Oakland in the East Bay. So he's a Interesting. Uh, Bay Area youth. So coming home. So that's going to be at the Chase Center this Saturday. If you don't want to go down there, you can watch it on the zone. But also, uh, Wait, where, what stadium? You know, Sorry, is it Chase? You said Chase. Chase? Yes, Chase Center. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and then also in terms of other uh, boxing title fights this weekend, WBO featherweight title will be fought in uh, Pembroke Pines, Florida. Uh, Robesi Ramirez versus Rafael Espinosa, and then the WBO cruiserweight title will also be fought this weekend between Chris. BLM Smith versus Mateus Masternak. Nice. And that will be on Sky Sports. And the uh, the Ramirez Espinosa fight will be on ESPN. Nice. But uh, I mean, I, I see, I kind of look at my schedule this weekend. There's a part of me, it's like, I wonder if I go look up tickets at the like last minute, if I could get a pretty good price to go to watch the Devin Haney fight. Um, oh, that's, a, that's so, not a bad idea, man. Yeah, I might, I might check that shit out. You know, I kind of wish they uh, publicized this more to get pumped it up more. But again, I, I kind of feel it's just one of those fights he had to take uh, yeah. to just stay busy under the WBC uh, sanctioning body. You know, these sanctioning bodies, they all have different rules in terms of how many times a year you have to defend your title. Yeah, that's crazy, man. So I'm going to try to see uh, whether Saturday night, maybe I'll go check out some boxing. Also, uh, over at Hapkido USA, we've got uh, belt testing for the Hapkido students. Nice. So I'm looking forward to that. What you got going on? Uh, this weekend is probably, uh, what are we doing this weekend? Uh, I think what we're doing is uh, we're just going to be cleaning up our house, man. Like we've, Finally gotten settled. You moved in, in yet? You feeling yeah, yeah. like you moved in? Yeah, we got all the boxes kind of out of the way, and uh, we just need to clean up. I think, and you know, our birthday is coming up. What is it? In about what week and a half or two? What, right? What's the, what's the date of yours? Fifteen. The fifteenth. Yeah, and then mine's the sixteenth. Crazy. Yeah, isn't that crazy? crazy? And speaking of which, is. This episode, the 100th episode? It is. What? So we 100? have it 100 episodes today, guys, and we're celebrating that with our limited edition Mighty Beast Podcast episode 100 uh, t-shirt that will be, uh, it's actually being approved right now along with our Bella Tatami shirt. Um, 
yeah. with, uh, it should be available by tomorrow. Uh, and what we'll do is we'll put a poll out on our Instagrams, uh, for a chance for you guys to win a free episode 100 mighty beast podcast shirt. So, uh, what me and Carla are going to do is we're going to put something on our story tomorrow. All you gotta do is comment or we'll figure out what you guys got to do to, uh, enter to win. And we'll just do a, you know, a drawing and see, uh, who gets to win the t-shirt. So, um, we do have a lot of merch coming out. Probably, I mean, after our episode 100, uh, we are glad that you guys are listening. And so thank you guys so much for, for bringing us to episode you. 100. We've really appreciated this and I can't believe we've been doing it for that long. Do you have any like favorite moments from, uh, any of the episodes, Carlo? You know, my favorite moment um, I still would think about the first episode we recorded together and just how yeah. way too into, into the weeds I went into with that episode. Like I went into every fighter's background, whether they trained in like karate when they were five years old and whether they were yeah. raised in the mountains of the Appalachians and what, how that might affect their fighting. I, was, I, I still think about it. It's like, man, God damn, I talked way too much. And now <laughs> Nah, man, it was good though, man. Honestly, if you guys would listen to any of the episodes that I did by myself, oh my God, you would probably stop listening. But uh, ever since uh, Carlo came in, man, you know, one, I'll tell you this much, you know, the consistency of, of having a podcast, that was probably my hardest hurdle to hit. And uh, once, once we brought um, Carlo in, I mean, we've only missed one week, I think, right? What was that? Mm. One? I think we only missed one week. I think we missed one week. Um, yeah, you know. I think so, um, yeah. yeah. Oh, you know what? Here's one moment that I, I thought was kind of cool yeah. was when I recorded my portion from Thailand. Like you, oh, like the yeah. first 20 minutes was just you. And then, and then and here we go. We got Carlo calling him from Thailand. And I'm yeah. all like, like it was like noon where I was. And I think, I think you were recording at like some ungodly hour at night or something. So <laughs> you were being a hell of, you were being a soldier for that one. So I thought that was, that was kind of cool. We made it happen there. Yeah. Um, mine was, so, uh, mine was 4th of July when, uh, when I had to rec- record the podcast from like my car and then people were just fucking firing off fireworks. Oh, and I shit. remember that. I could hear yeah. like the cracking in the outside. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, one of the better uh one of the Shots better in the streets. <laughs> one of the better Fourth of July's I've had in a long time. But yes, that was probably my favorite. <laughs> but well hey guys, uh, hit us hit yeah, us hit up us with up. like your favorite memories of any of our podcasts, topics that you really liked, takes that you enjoyed. Uh takes that you did not enjoy topics that you thought we could do less of i remember there was a complaint <laughs> recently about too much bodily fluid stuff so yeah like you know let us know what you want to hear less of what you want to hear more of we we want to hear from you we do so um yeah so thank again we, we can't thank you guys enough for for staying with us and you know here's to another like 5000 episodes. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> but I think that's going to do it for us guys. Don't forget to share, don't forget to subscribe and don't forget to like the podcast. Our uh, don't forget to follow us on our social media. Mine is Sean underscore Pierre underscore and yours Carlo. Hopkey one on Instagram. Don't forget to look up and 
Wait, is that what I say usually? I forget. Don't forget to hit up Magala Jiu Jitsu in San Francisco. But look them up too. Yeah. <laughs> look them up. San Francisco, and California. <laughs> uh, Omni Movement in Hercules and uh, FTCC in Las Vegas. Good luck to you guys at Nogi Worlds as well. Hey, Hopkido USA in San Francisco. We're with our Kohaldo Brazilian Jiu Jitsu team, our Golden Pizza Muay Thai team, and shout out to our friends and fam at Pacific Ring Sports in Oakland. Hey. Shout out to Big G. He was uh, Ganyao. He was substituting some of the classes this week because Coach Robert is on vacation. So I took a uh, Ganyao's class earlier today. Okay. Kick my ass. Thank you, Ganyao. We love you. And shout out to Sama Martial Arts in Pinole. Hey, shout out guys. Don't forget a lot of fights this weekend. One championship, UFC, Devin Haney. Should be a great time. Let's go Niners. And thanks again guys for 100 episodes. Don't forget, we have merch uh, on the description. Take care guys. Peace. Peace.